Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Hey everybody, it's William Hollins here on another episode of the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. I've got a special guest today, Frank Patolano. Um, he started in education, uh, works in retail as well, and now he's in real estate um, pretty much full time, but I'll let you go ahead and kick it off and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you, William. I love the name of your podcast. Um, basically, I've always had that little knack for finance and money. Uh, but I didn't always start out that way. Uh, I started out just, uh, let's see, first I was working at Burger King, and then I moved up to uh, Sam's Club, and then eventually I went to college and uh, got a degree in teaching and got to give back through teaching history and a little bit of education and finance on the way too. That's awesome. So what was your favorite part about teaching? Oh, I, I love the kids, you know, just uh, seeing when they have new ideas, helping them think through concepts, uh, promoting a little bit of success, but at the same point, being tough on them a little bit too, you know, it's a harsh world out there. So they, they have to, they have to understand that hard work and dedication pay off. Yeah. And, and also another thing that to think about too, is there are consequences to making mistakes. I think, Absolutely. I think the sooner you can learn that lesson, the better. Yes, I agree. Yes, sir. So I know you have a, a few kids, you have three kids um and and we were talking before the show about you know how you're educating them with finances um could you share a little bit more about that and, and what you're doing to help them out in the long run sure so uh obviously we speak a little more about real estate and business at the dinner table in the average family not completely i mean we talk about their day and stuff like that as well uh, i'm a big believer in uh kids having a lot of things to do so they're all very active with scouts and karate and soccer and everything else but uh one of the big things we started i think when my oldest was around five or six is we started a, um an envelope system so that when they get their allowance they can put money into different um envelopes and when we first started out we started out with saving um charity and spending and then over time you know about two or three years later we added investing as a as an envelope as well Wow. So uh, while they might make, so my oldest is 15, while she might make $15 a week in allowance, that's actually spread across four envelopes. That's very cool. So what, what are they investing in? So uh, it's a little tougher at, under the age of 18, but they are investing in stocks. Um, I bought a, a small hotel uh, uh, in April and okay. uh, they all get to uh, get a high interest rate loan. Nice. Um, first on the first few hundred dollars in order to just get them moving and get them investing so they're very excited once a month when uh when interest payments come out for that as well and they got some cash flow yes that's, that's living right, right? <laughs> well i mean my big thing is i want not just my own kids but i hope everybody uh starts a small business i hope that we have as many owners as possible you know in society small business owners it's awesome definitely yeah i'm on you know I'm, I'm on linkedin posting almost every day commenting connecting direct messaging um oftentimes and, and i'm sure there's a guy that that you and i both follow i saw yesterday he posted he he makes 931 per hour 
And then, you know, he had like a few periods and then he said, that's 365, 24 seven, you know, so that's passively invested. That return is coming to him. So it's over $80,000 a year that he's getting from, from passive investing without having to do anything. So, um, you know, the sooner that people can figure that out in life, I think the better. Absolutely. I mean, obviously passive investing is the main goal. Uh, sometimes you have to get a, do a little bit of work to get there. But uh, yeah, I've started a bunch of small businesses at, at low money to start out. And a lot of them are doing very well. And some of them I spend an hour a day on, on average. So that's pretty close. It's not purely passive, but you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, before we dive into real estate, uh, what are those businesses that you've started? I'd love to hear about that. So, I mean, they're all real estate related in one way or another. But um, so we own a virtual assistant company. Uh, it's called Real Agent Helper. Basically, uh, a buddy and myself started this idea that I'm big on networking. I'm big on helping other people. And we knew there were people in real estate that needed help. So basically, my friends use virtual assistants that I find from around the world to help in their business. Yeah. And and I will say from experience, I just hired my virtual assistant last week. And it's already incredibly changing just the dynamic of how I'm spending my time. It's amazing. Definitely. I mean, you know that you're worth um, good money every hour for the things that you do. And if you have someone else you can help bring up along the way by paying them a salary and they can get more stuff out of your hands into theirs, it's perfect. Yeah. And so I think uh, to kind of to highlight that a little bit more. So, um, you know, we could talk about the asset management fees and some of the fees associated with syndication. You know, a lot of people are asking questions, you know, like why? Why does the team get those fees? And I think that is a prime example of why, you know, we are allowed to to get fees is like, hey, like I need to be spending my time, you know, talking to brokers. I need to be spending my time talking to lenders, reading articles, you know, educating myself so that I can be better at helping other people. And there's some of those items that a, a VA can do, you know, like upload to YouTube or, you know, maybe post some stuff on social media. Um, it's just it's really helpful in it. I think it helps out investors as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, when you talk about the asset management fee, I mean, it's our job to uh, have the weekly calls and to see the vacancy numbers and have to make some big CapEx decisions. And while when you first have that syndication, everything looks rosy on the pitch deck. Uh, once things just start rolling, there's always these problems that show up that you would never expect. And uh, we have to make the tough decisions to help everybody make money. Definitely. That's cool. Um, so I guess to, to talk a little bit more about your portfolio, um, you mentioned a hotel earlier. Um, where is that located? So the hotel's in uh, Punta Cana. It's a boutique hotel, run Dominican Republic, about a four minute walk to the beach. I mean, wow. that's just that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, we didn't just start with that, though. Uh, you know, we started just buying a, a vacant lot uh, in Western Massachusetts and then moved on to buy a, a triplex in um, just outside of Providence, Rhode Island. And every year we tried to buy one or two small things and then gradually grow it. Love that. That's a good story. So now how many how many doors do you have now and what markets are you located in? So I'm in Rhode Island. So locally, I have about 40 doors. Uh, in New Hampshire, I have another six doors. Um, and then in the syndication space, uh, I'm a GP on, off the top of my head, I don't even know, uh, hundreds of units. And then I'm an LP in, uh, in hundreds more units. Uh, where I'm a GP in Idaho, Texas, uh, New Mexico, uh, South Texas. Carolina. You like Texas? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I South love Texas. Carolina. 
And then um, I this is my second time being a GP in Texas. So I I, I love the te- I love Texas. My wife's a big country music fan anyway, so it works out. And oh, yeah. then on the LP side, I mean, I've been I'm I'm a little bit uh, I'll call it market agnostic in the fact that I don't care what markets in as long as it's not in the uh, super hot markets. I try to stay out of the Miamis. I'm I'm bigger I'm bigger on places to cash flow versus places that are just going to appreciate. Definitely, yeah. So so walk us through why you prefer cash flow over appreciation. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't like appreciation. I would say that appreciation is like that bonus that you hope for. But when you buy a property, you really have to make sure that it can afford all the different expenses when you buy. So I just worry when you buy something that you're buying something that loses money from day one. And if the appreciation doesn't happen or something happens with like right now, interest rates, cap rates, anything else, that's a, a it's much harder to uh, hold something that's losing money. But even if you're making a small amount of money, you can hold it virtually forever uh, as long as it can pay for all of its expenses. Yeah, exactly. So what is that metric that is used to determine if a property is going to be able to pay the pay the debt? and all those things it's called the debt service coverage ratio yeah, is that correct ESCR, yeah the debt service coverage ratio um usually uh banks require what they call 1.25 which means that all the rents you get in should be 25 percent more than the mortgage payment itself and that's helping to cover some of the other small expenses even at 1.25 which is the bare minimum for many banks that can still be tough um, but especially in a tight market, that's what you'd have to uh, go for as a minimum, no matter what. Uh, obviously, if you're going to be at 1.5 or 1.75, you give yourself a lot more playroom. Right. Yeah, for sure. So uh, one thing about, you know, just to describe to the listeners a little bit. So as that debt coverage ratio goes up, that means that you are utilizing less leverage. Right. So you're uh, more importantly, it just means compared to the, yeah, compared to the mortgage payment your you have more income coming in so i mean you might still be around the same leverage percentage if you are able to raise under market rents or something like that right right that would yeah that makes sense um but that that's one way to change the debt coverage ratio is to change the the portion of financing well yeah that that's definitely true too but then i mean especially if you're talking the syndication game the less you leverage, the lower your IRR, the lower right. the lower some other key numbers. So it's a balance. Yeah. And that's that's why you have teams, you know, doing this. You know, it's not one person doing it. And it's it's not people just starting out. You know, you've got experts in the room, you know, doing the calculations and figure out exactly where you want to line up on that stuff. Yeah, I would say you'd want to have everybody to be qualified with some numbers, but you definitely want someone that's more on the expert doing the underwriting and doing some of the math, especially if they love it. Uh, I'm more of the networker. Everybody has a different position on the team. Yes, sir, for sure. Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. Visit the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. Um, so we talked a little bit about syndication. Um, we talked about your virtual assistant. Uh, you also got a podcast. So, you know, how are you getting your name out there? How are you building uh, relationships and networking and continuing to hone your craft at this point? 
So, I mean, I, I run my local RIA, so I'm always out there networking each and every day. Uh, we do post things on social media. Uh, I am going to two national conferences this month alone. Awesome. And uh, you, you, you're always uh, networking and educating, building relationships, growing that way. So that's always helpful. I mean, the Cashflow Kings podcast is just another way for us to give back, uh, to help educate people on on different strategies. Uh, we had an 18-year-old wholesaler the other day that came on. Oh, he's now 20, but he started wholesaling 18. It's like, guys, no excuses from anybody. You know, we had uh, someone a few months ago that's uh, visually impaired who uh, flips houses. And uh, one of the big things is like uh, a lot of people make excuses on why they can't invest in real estate. Uh, no money, no time, no this, no that. But there, there are plenty of different options. Absolutely, yeah. So. I'm I'm hopefully wrapping up physical therapy on my ankle for the second time. And I was talking with my roommate last night, uh, talking about, you know, man, I, I want to get back into lifting weights. And, you know, I'm like, I, I just want to wait until I get my ankle healed up. And he's like, man, like, why wait? Like, what's stopping you from going to work out tomorrow? Um, and he's like, I'm, I'm literally going to text you tomorrow after work and see if you went and worked out, you know? So it's like, there, it's in my head. Like, those excuses were in my head, you know? And I think it's the same thing with real estate. It's like... You know, like there's always going to be excuses. There's always going to be something holding you back. But um, I like to look at the the stories of success and, you know, I like to educate myself and I'm not going to do anything that I don't feel comfortable with. I'm going to you know, be methodical about it. But, you know, I, I have heavily invested in real estate. Basically, I'm completely invested in real estate at this point with all of my money, basically. So there you go. No, I mean, I I'm, I would say I'm a little too overhyped just into real estate. I'm probably... 95% invested in real estate right now. But I mean, I love it. Uh, I'm I, Obviously, I'm pretty good at it. And uh, people keep asking me for help and I'll keep helping them too, which helps me grow as well. Uh, a funny oh, yeah. story related so to um, to what's holding you back. Uh, about three or four years ago on Bigger Pockets, I made a post called, so what's holding you back in real estate? And it, it hit thousands of comments and basically came down to about three things. Uh, I mean, mostly excuses, not completely, but... No time, no money, or no experience are the main three. Uh, so what I did is I called something called the three-legged stool approach, that in real estate, you have to try to be good at one of those three things, money, time, or experience. If you're good at one of those things, you can just find partners for the other two. Okay, and then finally, I, I the three-legged stool, we had the seat on top, which is networking. And you know you can become very successful in real estate by pushing one of those and building building a team for the rest. Man, I love that. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about that. And, um, you know, one thing that I heard recently, I went to a national conference here in Dallas, uh, AIM NatCon a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And the biggest thing the that, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the biggest takeaway that I had is, you know, changing the way that I'm talking to, to people I'm trying to help, you know, and, and trying to really understand their problems, you know, and you just mentioned it's like lack of time, lack of money or lack of experience for getting into real estate, um, you know, but but I think you got to understand the benefits, you know, and it's like, hey, like this can give you more time. You know, these can change your life like it's it's just amazing. And just being able to understand their problems and, and help them see how real estate really can open those doors. Uh, sometimes you'll see on social media the concept of choose your heart. Um, you can choose to be fit. You can choose not to be fit. You got to choose your heart. You know, either if you're fit, you got to work out all the time. If you're not fit, then you have. Uh, you'll have some medical issues and stuff like that. 
choose your heart, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, I, yeah. Uh, on that note, like I saw a tweet by Odell Beckham Jr. the other day, and I literally sent it to my roommate, the same roommate I was talking with. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, you can choose like the hard path or the easy path, but either way, it's going to be a choice and, you know, it's going to have lasting impact on your life. So, yeah. I mean, we know that in so many ways. Uh, there's there's times where, um, like I said before, there's times where I was um, cash poor in some ways. It caused me to go out there and spend less money just frivolously, but it was part of a risk in order to uh, grow my own real estate portfolio in order to have uh, long-term cash flow and more passive income. Yes, sir. Definitely. Um, so I guess the last few questions, you know, I always want to talk about a loss or a mistake, lesson that you've learned, something that you've had happen, um, and then want to finish up on a highlight of just celebrating uh, one of the biggest wins that you've had in real estate as well. Okay. Yeah. So um, example, I mean, I can give you so many examples of losses. Uh, I have a, a belief that if you don't lose in real estate once in a while, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Um, I I had a commercial building in uh, in one of my local cities over here. Uh, I made a small mistake on it. We missed that it wasn't zoned commercial anymore. So while it looks commercial and it was commercial for many, many years, it was vacant and uh, it was no longer grandfathered as commercial. So it was a residential wow. space. And um, when I tried to put certain tenants in there, we had a battle with the neighborhood. And uh, in the end, uh, I lost money on it and we ended up just turning it into a single family house and moving on. I think we lost, uh, I think 25 or $30,000 on that deal. And uh, now at the same point, you, if you lose once in a while, I mean, we've made more than other deals, but I mean, even my first deal that uh, vacant lot I bought out in Western Massachusetts, um, you, I'm really a firm believer in partners and having people that have more experience than you do in certain things. So on that deal, um, I thought I knew enough about building houses. By the way, I'd never built a house before, but yeah. I read some books and learned some things. And, you know, cocky young kid, it's like, yeah, we can do this. And uh, come to find out the uh, under the ground, you needed a well and septic there. So okay. uh, it was it was on a um, it was on a rock bed. It was all shale underneath it. So you would either have to blast away or do above ground septic system or something crazy we ended oh, up wow. that sounds nice. <laughs> we never we never built that property instead i think we lost yeah. about twenty thousand dollars selling the lot to somebody else yeah but but each of those mistakes you know i think that that hardens you and it motivates you and and it, it makes you a better you know realtor and and real estate person in the future you know oh definitely i mean you can learn mistakes either your own mistakes or somebody else's ex mistakes it builds experience it builds knowledge so uh do i turn down a lot of investment deals yes all the time 90 95 percent of them but at the same point i have a lot of deals coming at me so um i think warren buffett talks about the fact that you know you can you can swing after swing after swing but you know you don't need to, to be successful in every one but you need to shoot for the best ones yeah yeah and i think i think along the lines of networking as well like something i've realized is like hey like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to talk to everybody in the room i'm not trying to meet everybody you know i'm trying to build really really good deep strong friendships and foundations you know with with a few right people you know and, and i think that's going to really be beneficial long term you know I, yeah. it helps me focus they talk about like uh the concept of uh you know do you want to have a thousand friends 
or or do you want to have like 10 great strong friends and connections and followers you know because that's all you need you can have a thousand friends and never do a deal with you uh, i have tons of friends i mean i i love my friendships and everything else but then you also have those people that you you are masterminding with and you feel philosophically the same with and stuff like that you know those are the connections you really want to build those long-term lasting ones you know Sure, definitely i agree with that completely um last thing is uh tell us about some of the biggest wins i want to shine a spotlight on you for a second all right so the biggest win um so i'll, I'll talk about the one that we did in wichita falls because you have a lot of people in the texas area um basically i was at a conference in dallas last year and i had a friend that was buying a large apartment complex and she needed some help she didn't have enough money raised and she sees me on social media and while i've been on her podcast and we we've hung out a little bit we were never really super close and uh i she she had a hundred thousand dollars hard into a deal that she was about to lose all that money you know uh, i i I talk about losing 20,000, 30,000, whole different level when you're losing six figures on a deal. And uh, what happened was I said, hey, listen, I'll help you in any way I can. I'm in, get an extension. She got the extension and we were going to close on time no matter what. And while I had to um, call my entire network, I had to shake out couch cushions for coins. Um, I put over half a million dollars of my own money in that deal. And I brought friends to bring another half a million. And uh, we put a million dollars in that deal to help save her deal, which was really awesome. It's a great win. It's a great property. I've been out since down to uh, Dallas and all the way up to Wichita Falls. I have a picture of one of the uh, limited partners swinging on the swing set. Uh, we were hanging out there and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was very exciting. And uh, I would say I built a friendship for life out of that. And uh, I have a lot of happy uh, campers on the deal as well. I actually went to breakfast with another one of the limited partners today on that deal and he loves it he's excited to be a passive investor in texas all the way out here in rhode island so cool yeah and, and you know like you said those friendships like they'll, they'll be there for a lifetime you know and um that's awesome yeah shout out to angel williams for giving me the opportunity on that one yeah shout out she connected us too so there she's you go. awesome yes sir well thank you so much frank i really enjoyed having you on as a guest today no, thank you uh, as as well. I mean, I love it. Uh, maybe we'll get you down to uh, Punta Cana sometime. It's a fun, it's a fun place. I've been down there twice. I'm going down again in December. So you know, hey, that'd be so cool. Um, so how can the people find you? How can they connect with you? So uh, on Facebook, uh, Frank Padalano. On uh, social media, especially Instagram, we are the Cash Flow Kings. Uh, motivate, educate, duplicate. Always trying to help people out. And uh, we're all over all the platforms, somewhere or another, uh, Apple, iTunes, and everything else. Sir, those things will be in the comments. Go follow them. All right. Thanks, guys. Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit our website, biggerpictureholdings.com. And remember, money really does grow on trees.